Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to another Arscast on Arsblog.com, in association as always with SavileRogue.com. Cashmere scarves, yes I know the summer is coming, but everybody needs a cashmere scarf in the summertime. It's all the rage now, you know, in Milan they're all wearing them. So go to SavileRogue.com and buy yourself a Savile Rogue scarf. Uh, okay, so what's happening on today's show? We've got a blog chat uh, with Gilberto Silver, the man from GunnerBlog.com. We'll be talking about Arsenal. Also, uh, the man in the bar is here with the player history. We've got uh, some more talkshide radio. We've got, as well as that, Arsene Wenger Hawkins. And whatever waffle happens to spew forth from my lips between now and the end of the show. So, Liverpool, last weekend, we can blame many things. We can blame the defence, for example, who didn't defend. We could blame uh, the manager for the curious team selection, uh, which saw us play as many central midfielders as possible while leaving at least one and possibly two um, reasonable wide players on the bench. We could blame the lack of effort. We could blame the lack of coherence, our lack of goals. We could blame... A lot of things, but really, if there is a finger to be pointed, it should be pointed squarely in the direction of the Mug Smasher. Yes, indeed, he jinxed us, the bastard. Despite my best efforts at reverse uh, jinxing and double jinxing and all that kind of stuff, he did us in. Yeah, I know, you can say, you can say that by the law of averages, Liverpool were due a win against us this season, but by the law of averages, one of our midfield should have scored instead of William Gallus scoring with his penis, you see. So I I don't hold with that. I hold with the mug smasher being completely at fault for this. The one good thing, though, was that I was due to go around and watch the game in his house on Saturday morning. However, however, he didn't arrive home on Saturday morning until 9.30 a.m., having gone out Friday um, evening at half past six. You might remember he referred to that big session and said, would you like to come? And I said, well, maybe I will. In the end, I didn't, and I was glad, because to have had a hangover of that magnitude and to watch Arsenal lose 4-1 at Anfield would possibly have been too much to take in the sense that I would have gone back to bed and, and spent the rest of the day there, which would have been a waste, not that I would do anything more drastic than that. So while we're heaping blame upon the mug smasher, let me share with you an email I received. It says, uh, Blogger, or El Blogador, he says, After Saturday's embarrassing loss 
to the thieving scouse bastards, I got a call from Arseblog's very own Arsenvinger Hawkins, who asked if he could fly over and book studio time with me. Who am I to question the great man? And so we set about recording a little something which expressed a sentiment I'm sure most Arseblog readers and listeners have been feeling this past week. He says, Adi Bayor was along for the ride as well, but it became obvious that his dancing is much better than his singing is. Still, you've got to love the lad for putting himself about. Thanks for keeping it real, and fuck the mug smasher. That comes from Willie Caslon from American Bacon. That's AmericanBacon.com, and this is what he came up with. is a definite for the Christmas number one if you ask me. Uh, that was Fuck the Mug Smasher from Willie Caslon from American Bacon Recordings which is www.americanbacon.com Now, White Kit uh, You might have seen on the website this week, there was some more detail given about the White Kit. Apparently the idea was to have a completely and utterly White Kit White shirt, white socks or white shorts and possibly white boots and white underwear to those players that actually wear underwear, because some of them go commando, you know. Um, then there was a, a feeling within the club that due to the negative publicity uh, surrounding this, there ought to be uh, some kind of red on it. So there's some talk of having either red sleeves or a red stripe, and even talk of a red current stripe or something similar, in a throwback to last year's kit. And I think what the idea is behind this is that it it is so different, it's a bit of a novelty, and the Red Current kit sold very, very well. Very, very well. And I think that had more to do, Nike, it had more to do with the fact that it was the last season at Highbury, and not just because it was a different colour. There was a little bit of history involved, a little bit of nostalgia involved. It wasn't uh, just something different, like a fucking purple polka dot kit that people might buy just because we've never had a a purple polka dot kit. Do you see? So I don't think the idea of a white kit is a very good one, simply and utterly because only cunts play in white. Tottenham, Real Madrid, Bolton, Leeds, there's a big list. There's a big list. And Arsenal, we don't want to look like cunts. We might be playing a bit like cunts at the moment, but at least we look quite good in our red and white. So, no white kit. Now, people have set up online petitions and and things like that. Uh, I would suggest that if it's something you feel strongly enough about, that you write directly to the club uh, in a letter and say, look here, Arsenal, I don't like the idea of a white kit. I won't be buying a white kit. I'll be telling all my friends not to buy a white kit. And if they do buy a white kit, I'll wait till they're asleep one night 
and I shall creep into their bedroom, and I will slay them. As they sleep, steal the shirt, find the receipt, take it back, and get the money back, which is the whole point of the exercise for you. So, number one, you've got one less Arsenal fan, because they're dead, who's never going to buy another red and white shirt or another yellow away shirt, simply because you decided to get a little bit greedy and a little bit stupid by issuing a white shirt. This could decimate uh, the population of Arsenal fans, because I won't be the only one killing my friends. You can be sure of that. So, if you have uh, an objection to Arsenal wearing a white away kit, write to Arsenal Football Club. You can find the contact information um, on the Arsenal website, which, of course, is www.arsenal.com. Hello to you, Arsenal.com. And I would address the letters to David Dean or to Keith Edelman. Uh, make sure that they're aware of your objections and doing it by letter. Um, and I know it's a strange thing for many people these days um, to actually pick up a pen and a piece of paper and, and write with your hand. I know. I know. It might hurt a little for those of you without strong wrists, although I'm sure most listeners of Arsblog have particularly strong wrists. But put the letter in an envelope, put a stamp on the envelope, send it to the address, and it will have far more impact than any sort of online poll or online petition could ever have. So there you go. Leave that with you guys uh, from now on. Okay, uh, given that it's... um. Good Friday and Easter weekend. Who better to talk to than Gilberto Silver from Gunnerblog.com? Not because he looks like Jesus or anything. You know, he doesn't have the beard. But because at the age of 13, he too was crucified by people who wanted him to shut up. Unfortunately, uh, those people weren't as good as the Romans at the whole crucifying people thing. So here is Gilberto Silver on this week's blog chat. Now on the Arscast, we welcome back our good friend Gilberto Silver from GunnerBlog.com. Hello, Gilberto Silver. Hello to you. Um, now, it's been a very quiet week uh, after a pretty poor game against Liverpool uh, last weekend. Now, I don't want to blow things out of proportion, but uh, that was probably the worst ever Arsenal performance by the worst Arsenal team I've ever seen with the worst manager in charge. What, what do you think? Well, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't limit it to just Arsenal. I'd probably say it's the worst performance by any team in any sport. Ever? Ever. Ever. Taking everything into account. Wow. That's putting it in perspective for us, isn't I, it? I don't limit this to ball sports. I'm including, you know, tiddlywinks, darts, perhaps even Scrabble. My God. It's a crisis. <laughs> it is a crisis. Um, I, I suppose the, the the problem that we've got uh, is is goal scoring, well, g defending and and midfield and goalkeeping, but uh, essentially goal scoring. And if you look at the goals that we've scored in recent times uh, against Liverpool, William Gallas scored with with his penis, which is he did. Yeah, it's it's quite uncommon and uh, a little out there. Um, I hear they've been working on that though. Yes, well, I mean. I think that's probably why they do all the training behind closed doors these days. Uh, against PSV... And naked. Yes, yes. Um, but that's uh, another... No pictures. Um, Diaby's goal against Aston Villa was, was pretty much a fluke. Uh, Screamer. Against PSV, it was... We forced the own goal off Alex. 
against Reading. There was a Gilberto penalty and, and Baptista uh, just sort of, I don't quite know how he did it. He doesn't know how he did it either. The last real goal we scored was in the Carling Cup final against uh, Chelsea, and that was Theo Walcott's. Um, mm-hmm. Where where are the goals going to come from? I really have no idea. When you look at the team, it's it's pretty worrying. Um, you know, the last proper goal we scored was Theo Walcott, like you say. He's now conveniently out for the rest of the season. You add into that Thierry Henry, obviously, and Robin Van Persie. Uh, Adebayo's back, but he seems to have been cursed by some pretty ill fortune. If anyone saw the Liverpool game, had two sort of seemingly near goals denied by just plain bad luck. Um, it is a worry because our midfield, uh, well, they're pretty spectacular in front of goal for all the wrong reasons. We have maybe two options, I, I think. Yeah. I think. One of those options is what I would consider the Harry Potter option, which is, yeah. which is uh, using magic and, and dark magic and possibly a little bit of ritual Satanism to, to get goals. Okay. The other option is the Italian police option, which is essentially uh-huh. to batter the opposition into submission. Um, and given the fact that our fancy football isn't working, do you think perhaps a more physical approach, as as uh, displayed by the Italian police this week in, in the Champions League, uh, was very effective, you have to say, do you think that might be a way that the, the team can, can bring about a change? I think so. I think when you look at the squad and you see what is it lacking, um, Italian police is one of the things that you notice. Um, boy magicians are, are, are in there, but I think sort of we, you know, we can we can cover that a bit. It, it's the Italian peace issue that's you know really got the fans talking. Um, if we could just step up the sort of violence, then who, you know the world's our oyster. Yeah, I, I think it's something that we are severely lacking is violence and truncheons. Yeah, but anyway, I mean, I, mean, I, I think Arson, you know, he's coming for a lot of criticism, but really, uh, you know, for his work on the training ground. But it seems clear as day to me that it, it's not actually his fault until the FA will permit the use of truncheons in Premiership games. Then we've got to just look at it as us being persecuted. To be honest, I think so, and and possibly lightsabers as well are something that, that, that could be an option in the future. Let's move Some away. Some sort of with a button, you know, that could sort of double as both would be quite good. It would be. I think I might get down to inventing that this weekend. Moving away from our inability to score on the pitch, you've been talking uh, this week on your blog about Carlos Tevez. Yeah. Do you really think that, that he's an option or he's somebody that Arsene would be looking for? Or are we in this time of crisis just, you know, looking for anything that might bring something different to the team? I'm mainly looking for anything to write because there's nothing happening. I think in sort of embarrassment and shame after Anfield, the club sort of shut up shop. Um, I, in honesty, don't think we would go near Tevez because of the nature of his ownership, I think, uh, unless it was possible to completely buy the rights to the player, you know, out of CSI's management, then maybe we'd look at that. But CSI famously put pretty hefty price tags on their players. They were talking about, you know, 30 million for Mascherano and stuff about a year ago. I don't know the nature of the deal with Liverpool, but 
on the playing side of things, he could add a lot. Um, basically, he could be the player Baptista clearly isn't, I think. You know, somebody with a direct approach to goal, who can score goals, who can, you know, take the ball with his back to goal, turn, run at defenders, you know, that sort of no-nonsense striking, really. In some ways, I mean, Tevez has got great flair, but ultimately he's a player who's all about... Uh, drive and directness, and that is something that we do lack. Okay. Do you think that? I mean, that that's something that possibly he's got to to address. That we have a number of players in the squad who are who are too similar, in the sense that if you look at Rosicki, Kleb, and Fabregas, all quite similar. Uh, Sesk obviously stands apart from from the two of them as a more um, central player, but more we do seem a more good player as well. Yes, but we do seem to be. Uh, lacking a directness, lacking uh, width, uh, as we've said, and and lacking what what has always been a characteristic of our sense team, which is which is great pace uh, on the counter attack. We don't seem to be doing that anymore at all, do we? No, we don't. I mean, the days when you know we would an opposition corner was almost you know a scoring chance for us because we had the potential to break in sort of seven seconds. That's gone now. But, I mean, if you look at the team top of the Premiership, if you look at Manchester United, they do that frequently, you know, because they've got a player in Ronaldo with pace to burn who can carry the ball. Um, we have uh, Thierry Henry, who's pretty good at that sort of thing on his day. But, obviously, for many, many reasons this season, we haven't seen that. But he has to be supplemented by other players. We can't expect uh, him alone to, you know, get the ball from a corner and, you know, George Ware is into the opposition net. Yeah, that is a little bit too much to expect. So, obviously, some pace has got to be added. A winger, uh, we've talked about Ribéry uh, in the past. Perhaps mm-hmm. uh, Arsene might be looking as well at, at Speedy Gonzalez uh, to, to add a little bit of uh, speed down the wing. Sure, sure. Any any sprinter, you know, they say he's famous for converting positions. I think we should just get an Olympic sprinter in. Just just give him the ball. Ben just Johnson. see what happens. Why not? Yeah, it's worth a try, isn't it? Okay, a quick prediction on this Easter weekend as we have two games coming up because we've got Newcastle away uh, on Monday. Uh, (laughs) What do you think? We'd be happy with four points out of six? Yeah, we would. I mean, you'd expect us to beat West Ham. (sighs) You'd hope, at least. Um, Newcastle, I'm a lot less confident. It's quite a difficult place to go. Uh, They're in not-too-hot form which doesn't seem to make a difference to us when it comes to losing. Um, Four points would be a good return, yeah. Okay, well, thank you for taking the time um, to talk to the Arscast. Have yourself a very happy Easter. And you. And um, uh, I hope you get a nice Cadbury's Flake egg. Thank you very much. That was Gilberto Silver, son of Hi-Ho. And he'll be back on another Arsecast with some more blog chat goodness at some point in the future. Now, it's been a relatively quiet week uh, since the defeat against Liverpool. Uh, We haven't heard too much from the manager. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We haven't heard too much from the players. Um, we haven't heard too much from anyone apart from uh, the fans. The one player we did hear from was Matthew Flamini, uh, who announced that he was probably going to to look to leave Arsenal in order to pursue uh, his footballing career um, in terms of actually playing football because he's been nowhere near uh, the first team for the last few games. Now, I know he's not a world beater by any standards, but he's always been a very honest, uh, committed, uh, hard-working player. And given the problems that we've had in recent weeks, Far be it for me to second-guess the manager, but that kind of commitment, that kind of energy and running around and, and hassling people uh, couldn't hurt, could it? No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. And what, what he said is that uh, due to this new UEFA ruling, uh, he can buy out the last year of his contract with Arsenal, uh, which means I think that he basically pays his, uh, his salary for the year to Arsenal and he can leave and go wherever he wants. Uh, for no fee. So, given the fact we stole him more or less from Marseille, I don't suppose we can complain too much if he does that. However, it got me thinking, would it not be possible for us to make a collection and buy a Alex Kleb? Or we could just buy him entirely and set him to work as a scullery maid or, or something like that. Worth a try, isn't it? Let's set up one of those websites. Click here. Donate a few quid. You know, we might find a friendly benefactor, some philanthropic Arsenal fan um, with uh, money to burn and with the goodness in his heart will put us out of our misery and, and donate the whole thing. And then we may not have to make him be a scullery maid. We could have him as our butler. We could all take turns in having a day with Alex Kleb as your butler. Pass me the salt, Alex, you'd say, and he'd pass it to someone else. So probably not a good idea anyway. Um, let's go to the bar, where the man in the bar is waiting with another player history. You, what? you did what with Fatima Whitbread? What? He does not. An 11-inch Mickey? No. Ah, ah, hello! Uh, sorry about that there. Uh, now, this week, I'm all a bit subdued, you see, because I don't like losing to Liverpool. Uh, uh, because there's a fellow over there who sits over the other side of the bar called Felipe Murphy. And he's sort of half Spanish, half Scouse. Not a great combination, you have to say. And he was wandering around the place the other day after Liverpool win, going, See, see, Liverpool are great. Cunt. 
Anyway, this week we're talking about Mark Overmars. Now, Mark Overmars joined Arsenal from Ajax not long after he had an old knee injury. He was the very first ever player to have a cruciate knee injury, so he was. And also, now not many people know this, but Mark Overmars was the smallest player ever to play Premiership football. It's true. He grew up, you see, in an enchanted forest just outside Amsterdam. And his mother was the toot fairy and his father was an elf. And they lived under a toadstool. Mark and all his little brothers did flit around the forest at night. And people would say, look, it's the old fireflies. But it wasn't. It was the entire Overmars clan going hither and thither. He joined Arsenal in 1997 and he was an immediate success, so he was. Bombing down the wing, skipping between fellas' legs because he was so tiny and he had magic dust that he put on his boots. But he had a limited supply of it, you see. He couldn't get it for every game. But he scored a load of goals, so he did. And he didn't like Nicholas Anelka. Nicholas Anelka didn't like him, you see. Because what happened one day was that Nicholas Anelka went into the dressing room, right, because he left his wallet behind, and he picked up his wallet, and just as he was about to put it in his back pocket, out popped Mark Overmars shouting, Aha! It's me! Mark Overmars! Did I scare you? And Anelka was always a flighty young man, you see, but he pooed his pants right there in the dressing room, and who should walk in but Steve Bold, who called him... Nicholas Asmelka and sure didn't boldly go off and tell all the other boys and they all called him Nicholas Asmelka ah hello here's Nicholas Asmelka coming to training would say Ray Parlour of a morning and that's the real reason Anelka wanted to leave in 2000 Overmars went to Barcelona to join Barcelona for £25 million but he got an old knee injury and he only played for them three times but he managed to score 17 goals in that time he retired in 2004 and nowadays he lives in Amsterdam again and he has a nightclub called the Spiegel or something like that and every night he performs Mark Overmars erotic cabaret it's true and a little bit kinky Okay, now on the Arsecast, after the um, ripping success of last week's... Don't touch that. Stop touching that. You need to get the thing. No, stop touching. After la- Stop. After last week's success of the uh, Speak Catalan with Cesc Fabregas, we have back in the studio the bloghead, uh, who's going to teach you some more Catalan phrases. Um, somebody did ask if you could just speak a little bit more slowly. You do that? Okay. Now, the first one, for example, if we ran into Sesk this weekend and we wanted to say, Hey, Sesk, happy Easter. What would you say? Hola, Sesk. Feliz Pascual. Excellent. And then if you wanted to say, Hey, Sesk, where's my damn Easter egg? Hey, Sesk. On cuyons está la meva moneda Pascual? They can slow that down themselves. <laughs> then we had one guy, uh, an Australian guy. I think his name was... Malake, with a capital M. He wants to know, uh, can you translate the following song lyrics for him? So here we go, line by line. Um, it's all the same, only the names will change. Es tot igual, només els noms canvien. Every day it seems we're wasting away. Tots els dies sembla que ens anem. Another place where the faces are so cold. Un altre lloc on les cares són fredes. I drive all night just to get back home. 
Anaria en coche toda la nit para arriba a casa. I'm a cowboy on a steel horse I ride. Soco un vaquer a sobre un cabal de matal manbach. I'm wanted, dead or alive. Soc buscat, morto viu. Wanted, wanted, dead or alive. Buscat, buscat, morto viu. Fantastic. That's more Catalan goodness. Thank you, Bloguette. Happy Easter to you. And maybe, if you're good, I'll buy you an Easter egg. <laughs> vale, gracias. So there you go. More Catalan with the Bloguette. Now, Arsene Wenger Hawkins is here. Hello. Unfortunately, I can't be with you this week as I have a cold and I have completely lost my voice. See you next week. So there you go. Poor old Arsene Wenger Hawkins. He's feeling a little bit under the weather, poor old bloke. Anyway, uh, it is now, as I speak to you, five past twelve at night. I've just come back in uh, from the pub uh, with my uh, mug-smashing brother, my beautiful wife, and, and my father. Uh, and today is Good Friday in Ireland, and it's a day when all the pubs are closed. It's a terrible thing. So I'm sitting here, obviously, with a glass of Jemison's as I record this final bit of the Arscast. And what do we have to talk about? Well, <clears throat> we have to look ahead uh, to the games coming up this weekend, which I'll do in a minute. And we have to um, talk, I suppose, about the fact that this guy, Stan Krinke, Stan Cranky, I don't know how you pronounce his name, Krinke, Cranky, Krinke, whatever the fuck. This guy has bought the 9.9% of Arsenal that uh, ITV owned. Now, um, of course, he's the owner of the Colorado Rapids, which is a club that Arsenal have invested in over the last uh, couple of months. Um, what do I think about him buying the 9.9%? Possibly better him than, than somebody else. Um, what do I think about Arsenal being taken over? I don't like it. I don't like it. Of course, there's going to be a, a huge amount of speculation uh, now that this guy has nearly 10% of the club. But I think what we need to do is, is um, let's refer to the words of the chairman, uh, Peter Hillwood, uh, who spoke on the Arscast uh, a few weeks back, and I asked him about um, whether or not the Arsenal board would be welcoming uh, to somebody who wanted to come in and, and take over the club. And, and this, if you haven't heard it, it's in Arscast 16. This is what the chairman had to say. I think it would be very unwelcome indeed. Um, I certainly wouldn't welcome it. We don't need somebody anyway. Um, and, and if you look at somebody like Danny Fisman, um, spent about seven years putting the new stadium together, um, it's been financed. And to then sell out and give the benefits to some stranger, I think would be um, very unattractive. I think we would resist them. Um, any any bid that, that might come along. I suppose what we have to do is just assume and hope that that's still the case with the Arsenal board. And, and what I love about Arsenal, obviously, aside from the football, is that our club is owned by uh, and run by Arsenal fans. I love the fact that our chairman has a double-barrel name. I love the fact that uh, it's Arsenal fans who are trying to make Arsenal a better club. You had United fans when Glazer was going to take over. And they objected very, very strongly and, and launched a, an enormous campaign uh, to try and stop uh, any sort of takeover by Glazer. Obviously, it didn't work. It was never going to work. 
but at least they tried. We had Chelsea come in, uh, a club with <clears throat> no history, um, no sort of record as a, as a big club. They were there or thereabouts um, under uh, the previous owners. Um, and Abramovich's money has made them successful. And Chelsea fans have, I suppose, in their uh, search for titles and their search for trophies, uh, put aside whatever objections they might have personally uh, to Abramovich being the owner of the club. And I'm not going to go down the Abramovich road. Anybody who knows anything about football and anybody who knows anything whatsoever about um, business and how he came about his millions can make their own minds up about whether or not you want somebody like that in charge of the football club that you love, that you've loved since you were a child. Do you want someone like Abramovich? No. Would you swap? Literally, I'm asking you now, and maybe it's because I'm a little bit pissed, but would you swap a Champions League trophy or a Premiership trophy if it meant you had somebody like Roman Abramovich in charge? I'm sorry, I wouldn't. For Arsenal, I wouldn't. I remember when I was a kid living in England, and and we there was a phone book. We had a London phone book, even though we lived up in Yorkshire, and I could see in the phone book the phone number for Arsenal. And this was amazing to me that this thing that I loved so much was there. It was in the phone book. I remember ringing it a couple of times and hanging up when somebody answered. But the idea of foreign investment to me, some people might say it's the way of the future. It's inevitable. It's not. For Arsenal, it's not. We've got Arsenal fans running the club. We've got Arsenal fans who have built a new stadium in order to bring this club to a point where we can compete with the biggest clubs in Europe. Maybe we're not doing that just at the moment. But to me, Arsenal is is something more than uh, a club that can uh, compete with the best clubs in Europe. It is my club. It's uh, something that I've grown up with, something that I have... Um, loved and cherished and wanted to be involved with and wanted to be around and and spend money on and all those things for as long as I can remember. To have, uh, I suppose, an American guy come in, take over, I don't know. Arsenal is an English football club, and maybe this sounds a little bit strange coming from an Irish guy, yeah? Uh, Maybe. But Arsenal is an English football club. How many Italian football clubs do you see owned by um, American billionaires? How many Spanish clubs do you see owned by American billionaires or Russian billionaires? Not too many. And can you imagine a situation where in Italy, AC Milan, Inter Milan, Juventus and Roma are all owned by foreign owners? I can't see that happening ever. And at the moment, we have a situation where uh, Liverpool are owned by Americans. Chelsea is owned by a Russian. Manchester United is owned by Americans. And Arsenal remains the English club. We're owned by English people. And to me, that's important because Arsenal is an English club. If this guy wants to come in and buy 9.9% of Arsenal because he sees it as a good investment... All well and good. Fine. The 9.9% had to go somewhere. There's no question. But I hope, and I really, really sincerely hope, 
uh, that the board that we have at the moment will resist any further takeover bid and will resist any further investment uh, from anybody, be they Stan Cranky, be they... I don't care. I don't care. Arsenal um, should remain um, aside from Chelsea, from Manchester United, from Liverpool... And if it means that we have to struggle a little bit, well, you know, I'm prepared to take that hit rather than see our club in the hands of somebody who doesn't really care, who, somebody who sees a club as an investment, somebody who sees a, uh, the club as something that he can sell in a few years' time um, and, and make some profit on. Because that, at the end of the day, is all that in, uh, an investor is interested in, not interested long-term in the sporting uh, good of the club. Abramovich is different because it's a toy. He might as well have bought, you know, a spaceship as bought Chelsea. But anyway, there you go. Um, maybe I'm just a little bit, a little bit um, too on the wrong side of the beer to be talking about all this sort of stuff. But there you go. Uh, coming up at the weekend, we've got West Ham on Saturday. Um, we lost to them at their place. It wasn't a good game. We were denied a penalty. We got sucker punched with a late goal. Uh, Arsene Wenger uh, tried to kick the shit out of Alan Pardew. Um, sadly, he didn't. Robin Van Persie got hit by a coin from the crowd. Nothing happened. So we owe West Ham uh, a bit of a spanking. And, um, uh, yeah, I hope that I hope that we do that. I can't... Uh, again, I'm struggling to see where the goals will come from. Uh, Newcastle on uh, Monday evening, or Monday afternoon as well. Uh, we go away to them, and uh, it's just a matter of where we can get the goals from. Emmanuel Abue is out. I don't know what's up with that guy. He is the new Jeremy Ali Adier because he's, he's, he's always injured. What is the fucking point of... Why do you keep players that are always injured? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, as you said on the blog chat with Gilberto Silver, perhaps um, four points out of six might be a good return from the weekend. Six out of six would be lovely. I'd love to see it happen. I, I just don't know where we're going to get the goals from. So uh, sorry to end this Arscast on a bit of a down note, which it is, isn't it? Because um, uh, maybe we'll be better this time next week after we've got six points out of six and, you know, we're now in third place, Liverpool having lost, you know, four games in a row or something or Liverpool having lost in light of their Champions League efforts. Uh, everything could change very, very quickly. And maybe this guy, Cranky, will come along and, and he'll buy us um, ooh, Attila the Hun, who's quite the player, you know. He is a good player, Attila. People uh, underestimate his passing ability. His vision is, is second to none, really. So there you go. Anyway, look, uh, I'll leave it here because otherwise I'll just waffle on for the rest of the night. Um, and nobody, nobody needs that, let me tell you. So uh, until next week's Arscast, have a good weekend. Hope you enjoy your Easter. Hope you get all the eggs that you want. And fingers crossed, please, 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 uh, for six points for Arsenal. And uh, talk to you next week. Cheers.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 